Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and I have a lot of stuff going on, so I'm going to hit you with some of it early. Uh, first off, my external hard drive with all my covers and a lot of my early books um, kind of got wiped out, and I, tried, and I salvaged some of the stuff, but now I have a whole lot of files, I think 1.3 million of them that are completely unsortable. So trying to find old stuff is really tough. Um, so that was my first welcome back from vacation. My second one, if you haven't noticed, there is no advertisement on the free podcast anymore. Um, what happened is Spotify decided that I am airing pornography and they don't particularly like that. So they don't want me advertising. Well... That's a shame because, you know, I counted on that for like 120 bucks a month or so, and I really liked having that money. So I have to kind of figure out where I'm going to make that a hole in my budget up. And I, they also kind of warned me that, like, uh, they could be pulling the plug on the podcast, too. If that happens, I will find somewhere else to go. Um, I just hope it doesn't happen. Um, and then, you know, as you know, I went to Gen Con for, for my little... Uh, Vacation and it was a blast, and I came back very invigorated. I had someone send me a message on the podcast, though, and one of the problems I have is you can contact me, but I can't simply reply. Anyway, this person was going to be at Gen Con too, and they were going to be at the convent at the uh, costume um, parade on Saturday, and um, I didn't wasn't able to read the message until I got home, but actually Saturday. Uh, I was occupied anyway. Um, my friends and I do kind of a big thing on Saturday. So, I hope you had a good time. And um, I am glad to be back, but uh, I'm a little bit frazzled now with the uh, computer issues and with the uh, Spotify issue. Um, so, I'm doing things in an order different than I had planned. Um, it's going to be one more uh, Pamela Harlow audio. It's kind of good, though, because it's a story that she wrote called Two Weeks Leave. And I love it when I have my narrator is also my author. I think they just way better prepared to read their own words because it feels natural when they're saying them. So without any further ado, here is Pamela Harlow reading Two Weeks Leave. Two Weeks Leave, A Forced Feminization Vacation by Pamela Harlow and Kylie Gable. Michelle chuckled to herself as Luke entered their mutual boss's office, leaving the door open. She watched his slim, weedy figure walk slowly and nervously before Luke's slightly shaking voice spoke too quickly. Just to remind you that my leave starts today. I'll be off for two weeks, but I'm staying late tonight to make sure everything is in order. Michelle rolled her eyes and instinctively looked at her solid gold watch. 16.15. How much longer was she going to have to hang around here? No problem, Luke. I hadn't forgotten and I don't think there's any need for you to stay late, she heard their boss reply. So thank you. Luke walked out of the office twice as fast as he'd walked in. His usually pale face had turned pinkish. Michelle chuckled some more, causing Luke to look at her, then quickly look away. 
Although their boss had said Luke needn't stay late, Michelle knew that he would. She was slightly frustrated at having to wait to put her plans into action, but knew that what was ahead would be worth staying at her computer for an extra hour or so. To psych herself up, she looked again at Luke's internet search history. As head of IT, Michelle saw everything. She knew a lot about a lot of her male colleagues. It was not unusual for many of them to view porn on the job, but it was the submissive nature of what Luke searched for and viewed that had grabbed her attention. The next two weeks were going to be a real blast. She dared to laugh louder as she clicked on one of the videos entitled Male Sub Dominated by Mistress X. She looked straight at Luke, who was stood by the coffee machine several feet away from her also open door. He turned away quickly, the skin on his face remaining a pinkish shade of red. Luke looked down at his hands. He was annoyed with how much they were trembling, not to mention how small and feminine they were. He kept his nails as short as possible, often biting them in an attempt to make them look slightly more manly. It didn't have that effect. He turned to his left, feeling that someone was staring at him. Sure enough, there was Michelle, head of IT, laughing at something and looking right his way. He smiled awkwardly and turned straight back to the coffee machine. His cup was almost ready. He felt his face flush and considered how the coffee wouldn't help at all with his nerves. He always got like this when taking time off work, weirdly guilty, as though he were doing something wrong. When he went into his boss, Mr Corr's office, to remind him of his plans, he half expected him to tell him he was no longer allowed to take the time. Mr Corr's nonchalant response had embarrassed him. Still, he would stick to his word and stay late. It wasn't entirely necessary, but he was confident it would relieve him of some of his misplaced guilt. Stealing another glance at Michelle, who still seemed amused, he began to walk away. He entered his always tidy office and closed the door behind him. Nobody else did that, but he couldn't relax or focus on his work when he felt like he was being watched or at risk of having a conversation started. He looked at the time in the corner of his computer screen. It was almost 5pm. As finance manager, he could easily spend another hour here, rechecking things and perhaps, when everyone else had left, doing some recreational internet browsing. 6pm came around and Luke was well aware that he wasn't alone in the building. He could hear Michelle singing loudly in the communal coffee area he'd been in a while before. She was singing Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman at the top of her voice. Luke guessed that she was going out that night and excited for a party. He shut down his laptop and went to say goodbye to her. See you in two weeks, Michelle, he said. You off anywhere exciting tonight? Michelle still seemed to be laughing. Luke was starting to get annoyed by this now. Oh, not exactly, she said. I have a night in planned. Her bright red lips seemed to be stuck in a smile in a way that Luke started to perceive as quite sinister. OK, he said, suddenly in a rush to get out. See you. How about you, Luke? said Michelle. 
Any plans for your two weeks leave? Luke shrugged. Just chilling, he said, you know. He walked quickly towards the lift. They worked on the third floor. Michelle followed him. Her smile was less obvious now, but she still seemed either delighted or excited about something, Luke thought. Perhaps she had a new boyfriend or something. Come to think of it, her hair was looking a bit blonder than usual. Maybe she'd just been to the salon, and her painted nails seemed pristine. Yes, that must be it. Michelle was probably just excited about getting laid tonight. The lift came and they both got in. Luke pressed the button for ground floor. He and Michelle didn't swap another word, so he grabbed his phone to reduce the awkwardness. There was no signal in the lift, but he pretended to read old messages. When they got out the lift, he smiled again and did a little wave. Goodbye, he said, walking quickly towards his car. The next thing he knew, his phone had been snatched from his hand and another pair of hands were covering his mouth and eyes. He was swiftly blindfolded and then dragged, his mouth still covered to prevent him as he tried to scream, into another car that smelt strongly of a perfume he recognised. It smelt strongly of... Michelle. The hand around his mouth had been replaced with a gag. Saliva fell down his chin as he tried to speak. He said, Michelle laughed as she bound Luke's wrists securely behind his back. You'll find out what's going on soon enough. Luke's suspicion was confirmed. It was Michelle. But what was she doing? This wasn't funny. With his wrists bound behind him, Luke struggled to find a way to open the door handle. He felt movement around his feet and realised she was doing the same to his ankles. He tried to kick, but was instantly barked at. Don't, said Michelle, or you will pay for that later. Feeling increasingly helpless, Luke could do little other than wriggle and squirm on Michelle's back seat, unable to see a thing or move any of his limbs. He could feel her attach his wrists to his ankles in a tight hogtie, so now there was absolutely no hope of opening the door. Just relax, said Michelle. We're going to have a good time. Michelle closed the back of the car and returned to the driver's seat. As she turned the key in the ignition, music also started playing. There was that song again. Man, I feel like a woman. Freaked out, Luke continued to move as much as he could as the car began to move. Do you like this song, Luke? Michelle asked. This prompted Luke to stay silent. He didn't want to amuse that bitch anymore. Still in high spirits, Michelle continued to talk. I'm so pleased we're finally doing this, she said. As soon as I heard you mention your leave, I knew we could have some fun. She laughed loudly. I know a lot about you, Luke. I know exactly what you need. Luke's mind flashed back to the times he'd watched porn on his work PC. He'd only ever done it when he was alone in the office, always used incognito mode and deleted his history anyway, just to be on the safe side. It couldn't be possible that Michelle had seen it, could it? Even if she was the head of IT. He looked at her bright red, smirking lips in the rearview mirror, her perfect blonde hair and heavily made-up blue eyes focused on the road, yet her mind also clearly somewhere else. Luke felt a knot in his stomach. Somehow, he knew that Michelle was right. She knew him. She knew exactly what he needed. And he didn't know if he was ready for it. When they arrived at Michelle's large, detached house, 
She parked right at the top of her private drive. Luke's heart sank a little more. There was little to no chance of a random good Samaritan stepping in to save him. She untied his hogtie and dragged him from the back seat without even looking around and made him hop into her kitchen via the back door. You're going to be spending a lot of time in here, Michelle said, tearing Luke's blindfold off and laughing again as she poured herself a glass of wine. Luke was clueless as to what she meant. He looked around the large, immaculately clean kitchen. Did she have a maid? Every surface and every cupboard looked freshly polished, gleaming. Slumped on a kitchen chair, arms and legs still bound, he forgot for a moment about his gag. As he tried to speak, saliva fell again down his chin. Michelle shook her head in distaste. That's not very ladylike, she said. What on earth did she mean? It's time to take you down to your training room, said Michelle. She pulled Luke up from the chair effortlessly and dragged him into the hallway and then down a straight staircase of around ten steps. Luke was slightly bruised and very embarrassed about the ease with which this young woman dragged him around. In the darkness, he landed on a soft bed. Michelle disappeared momentarily, then returned, shining a torch to untie his arms and legs. She left the gag in his mouth. Are you ready to see your training groom? Michelle asked, but it wasn't a real question. Without waiting for Luke to attempt a response, she switched on the bright LED lights. Luke gasped as he looked around him. It was like being in Barbie's bedroom. The walls were pink. The bed, which he now sat up straight on, was pink, with fluffy cushions. There was a pink wardrobe, a selection of shoes behind it, many of which were pink, and a dressing table filled with all kinds of makeup. Get some sleep, instructed Michelle. Your training will commence very early tomorrow morning. Luke looked at the door they'd entered through. It was already locked. Don't even think about it, said Michelle. There's no way you'd escape. Even if you did somehow make it out of the basement, I'm right up there and I will punish you. Luke was beginning to feel nauseous. With his newly free hands, he reached for his gag. You can take it off, Michelle shrugged, but no, screaming. Luke nodded. He removed the gag, but remained silent. Until tomorrow, Michelle said. She laughed again before leaving the room and locking it loudly behind her as Luke could do nothing but watch, stunned. After half an hour or so of sitting with his mind and heart racing, Luke did manage to get off to sleep. He dreamed of bravely escaping, charging out of Michelle's house like a man. He was disappointed when he awoke and remembered what a wimp he truly was. He was scared of Michelle and though he didn't want her to know that, he was quite aware that she did. The fluorescent LED lights had been on all night, but then he'd always been able to sleep without darkness, like the baby he was, he thought. He looked around the room of pinkness again. Without knowing why, he walked to the wardrobe, catching a glimpse of himself in the mirror on the way. With the pink room around him, he looked ridiculous, like an ugly Barbie, he thought. Barbie, first thing in the morning, with a hangover. His stomach rumbled and a wave of panic rushed over him. Michelle wasn't going to starve him, was she? Before he could continue that line of thought, the door burst open. Good morning, Petal! Michelle looked hungover. Her hair wasn't as perfect as Luke had always seen it. 
There were kinks out of place and a hint of frizz on top. I said, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. Listen, what's going on? Hush. Luke complied. From now on, you will call me mistress, said Michelle. And I will call you maid. Maid? Maid. But first, you need to start your training. Your first task. You see those heels over there? Luke looked over to the large shoe rack beside the wardrobe. There were too many pairs of shoes to count. He noticed how, when he looked closely, the heels seemed to get progressively bigger. Whilst the top left had heels of around two to three inches, the bottom right corner had ridiculously high heels, probably six inches. Who could possibly walk in those? I asked you a question. Sorry, said Luke. Yes. Yes? Yes, mistress, Luke replied, loathing himself a little more. Good girl, said Michelle. Your first task is to be able to walk in shoes from the middle shelf by lunchtime. You must also have your face made up by then and be dressed appropriately. And I don't want to see any unladylike body hair. There is removal cream in the ensuite. Do you understand? Luke nodded as he processed what she'd said. She wanted him to remove his body hair. He didn't have much anyway. To dress appropriately and to put makeup on. I think we've had a misunderstand. He started. No, said Michelle. Do you want to have a misunderstanding? She looked threatening. Even though Luke wasn't sure what she meant, he knew he didn't want to. He reluctantly submitted to the fact that he would have to do as she said. She had him in her cellar after all. Do as I say, Michelle said, and nobody needs to ever know about this. Luke felt instant relief at the idea of his workmates never knowing he'd been kidnapped by a female. Do you promise, he said. I promise, said Michelle. But you need to do everything I say, and to an exceptional standard. So, shoes, dress, makeup, you have until midday. She left the room again, leaving Luke to figure out his tasks. His stomach rumbled again and he wondered if Michelle had mentioned lunch. She had, hadn't she? He walked over to the shoe rack, figuring that this was the task that would take the most time. The first shoe he picked up was a size six, wrong size. He was an eight. He chose another pair, then another, all size six. As he understood what was happening, he squeezed his left foot into one of the two small shoes from the top left. He did the same with his right foot and then began to walk unsteadily across the pink carpeted floor. It was 9.30am when Luke was finally able to walk convincingly in a pair of three-inch heels. His feet were already covered in blisters and as he removed the shoes from his sweating feet, a tear rolled down his right cheek. Hot and bothered, he walked into the pink ensuite, filled with cosmetics he didn't know what to do with, and turned on the shower. Placed obviously on the shelf was a tube of hair removal cream. He stripped off and smothered himself in it, reading the instructions as the shower ran. It said he must wait several minutes before rinsing the cream, so he turned off the shower and looked at some of the other tubs and tubes, moisturisers, cleansers, hair conditioners, face masks. He wondered if he was expected to have used any of these before Michelle returned. Luke couldn't help but catch a glimpse of his flushed face in the cabinet mirror. He was startled by what he saw. Despite the fact that he had not yet put any makeup or even any feminine clothing on, 
There was something different, something more womanly about him. It wasn't even just the pink background he was immersed within. Psychologically, something had changed. Luke was seeing in himself something of what he imagined Michelle saw in him. Potential. Shaking his head at the thought, he again turned on the shower. As the warm water ran over him, Luke's body hair left him. He marvelled at his newly smooth pubic area and legs before stroking the chest, which had previously had a handful of hairs. In a panic, he realised he'd ignored his armpits. He looked around more frantically than the situation called for and found a razor. Guess the colour. He shaved his armpits and washed his hair with an expensive-looking bottle of shampoo. Luke had never used hair conditioner and didn't now, but he washed his body thoroughly with a rose-scented shower gel before turning off the water and wrapping himself in a pale pink, fluffy towel. Luke left the steamy, windowless bathroom wearing just the towel and went to sit at the dressing table. Once again, he was faced with a mirror. More awake after his shower, his thoughts were quietened. Rather than considering what he saw in himself, he focused on the task in hand, making himself look good enough for Michelle to not do anything unpleasant to him. Bewildered, he picked up the tube of skin-coloured liquid. Liquid foundation, read the label. He opened the tube and squeezed a liberal amount onto his hand before rubbing it into his skin like sun cream. He kind of knew that this wasn't how it was meant to be applied, and this was confirmed as his skin became streaky and uneven. He spotted an application sponge on the table and put more of the foundation onto it. He rubbed and dabbed it all over his face and the top of his neck until his skin looked flawless. One benefit Luke had when it came to makeup application was that he was a perfectionist. He was often ridiculed at work for taking too long over tasks, but he was just keen to get them perfect, even when he didn't want to do them. This was no different. After their foundation was perfectly even, he chose a tone of blusher that he believed matched his natural redness, the one that occurred every time he was embarrassed, most closely. He rubbed the brush over his cheeks and then eyed up the eye makeup. Choosing a pencil eyeliner, he drew grey lines below and above his eyeballs before applying black mascara. He was amazed how pretty this already made him look. In his pink towel and half-made-up face, he looked like a woman, he thought. Luke dabbed some pink eyeshadow over his eyelids before reinforcing his existing eyebrows with a pencil. Even more like a woman, he thought to himself. After considering what shade of lipstick a maid would most likely wear, Luke applied a bright red shade to his lips. It took almost 20 minutes to get it straight, which shocked him as he had seen women do it in a matter of seconds before, even in moving cars. When he was satisfied with how his face looked, he checked the time on the large diamante clock that hung from the wall. 11am. He felt a tightness in his chest. Rushing, he opened the wardrobe. He flicked through dress after dress, clueless, really, about what he should wear. A maid, he remembered. He needed to look like a maid. That was Pamela Harlow reading her own story, which was entitled 
two weeks leave. Um, one thing about Pamela, I just put up her uh, reading of my story, um, A Sissy Abroad, on Amazon, on Audible. It generally takes about two weeks to get approved, but if you're an Audible member, you know, you can get it for credit, so I thought I'd let you know. Um, I haven't put anything up there in a long time, um, but I just kind of wanted, you know, wanted to put something new up, and I decided on her story, or her reading of my story, I should say. Anyway, uh, I hope you're doing well. I am about to go back to work, and I really don't want to, but um, I've had a great summer. Hope yours has been good, too. And uh, we, we do have a bunch more audios on the way. I sent Faith O'Shea an audio um, two weeks ago, and she said it was perfect timing. Uh, Shayla has an audio. I already have one in from DJ. So you're definitely going to be getting some, some good stuff coming on down the line, whether you're listening on the free podcast or you're listening on the premium podcast. There is good stuff coming your way. So... Hope you have a great week. I will be back next week. I hope you will be too. Take care.